The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. Today, we would like to talk about Therapy Quest. I want to congratulate you. You're amazing. Thank you. It is such a very unique book, and we (laughs) thought we might as well just go over it. We have a podcast. Let's talk about your book because it's amazing. As our listeners probably know, you're a psychologist that merges pop culture and mental health to help trauma survivors and other people struggling with mental health difficulties. Can you please elaborate a little bit more on your work? Sure. I specialize in incorporating examples from popular culture, from different kinds of fandoms, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, DC, Marvel, all of those different kinds of fandoms, universes, you name it, into evidence-based, which essentially means research-supported therapy to help individuals who are struggling with the disorders that you mentioned. Primarily, I specialize in helping individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. One of the reasons why I'm doing that is because I'm finding that a lot of individuals, after experiencing something traumatic, might have a difficult time talking about what they went through, especially with a stranger, um, especially with a therapist, somebody that they may not know very well. We're also usually not taught to explain our emotions, to talk about what happened to us. In fact, many of us, unfortunately, have been taught the opposite. We've been taught to suppress our emotions, to try not to be quote-unquote so sensitive, to try to get over things or quote-unquote look on the positive. Unfortunately, a lot of these usually well-meaning strategies tend to backfire. We're not meant to suppress our emotions. Our emotions are there to help us process what we're going through. They're informative and they're there to help us understand what our needs are in the moment. However, many individuals might be having a hard time understanding their emotions and also communicating them. And for that reason, it might be easier for many people to talk about the experiences of fictional characters first as a way to then draw parallels between the fictional characters' experiences and their own. For instance, for many trauma survivors who underwent, let's say, sexual assault, It might be easier to talk about Jessica Jones' experience of sexual assault. So for those of you who are not familiar, Jessica Jones is a Marvel comics and TV show superhero who experienced a number of different traumatic experiences, one of them being sexual assault, horrific sexual assault at the hands of an awful villain. A lot of survivors of sexual assault strongly identify with Jessica Jones because 
her representation, her depiction allows them to see that they're not alone in struggling, not just for days, but for months and even years after what happened to them. My hope in this kind of practice is to first create a conversation about our own experiences, second, to allow people to know that they're not alone, third, to destigmatize mental health and a lot of these emotional experiences that we're going through, and finally, to create a sense of hope and build a pathway for resilience and healing. Using superheroes, they all have origin stories, whether it's fantasy heroes or science fiction heroes like Luke Skywalker or Bilbo Baggins. They all have origin stories. What is your origin story? (laughs) So I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with my origin story by now. But for those of you who aren't, I was actually born and raised in Ukraine. And when I was just a few months shy of my third birthday, there was a massive explosion a few cities away from us at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. And actually the current HBO series Chernobyl now depict kind of what happened at that time period. I've only seen the first episode so far and it was very painful and very powerful to watch. I have not seen the rest of the series, but I'm being told that it's very accurate and amazing. Naturally, a lot of people exposed to that level of radiation struggled. A lot of people ended up dying within the first few years. My family and I lived about 180 miles away from the reactor and our government didn't tell us about the extent of the radiation exposure. We were told that there was some kind of an accident, but we were told it had been contained. And so we continued going outside and breathing the fresh air, drinking unboiled water, eating raw fruit, and unfortunately all of it was contaminated and toxic. So it was somewhere around 10 days after the Chernobyl accident that we finally found out the truth because other countries started finding out and people started getting very sick. What that meant for my family and I, especially for me because I was so little at the time, is that my immune system was severely weakened by this. So I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital, even a small cold, you would think, but my immune system couldn't handle it. I had frequent nosebleeds, and when the weather would change, I would get severe migraines and sometimes seizures. When my family and I moved to the United States, I felt like an outsider, and in a lot of ways I was, but I didn't have anyone to relate to, so I felt broken. You know, I felt like a freak. Of course, to make matters worse, I was one of the many, many, many seventh graders who was severely bullied at the time. And what I experienced was a really common experience, but I wish I had known back then what I know now, which is that whether it's bullying or any kind of adverse event, we tend to think we're the only ones. We tend to think that nobody else can possibly understand what we're going through or can relate to us. And in that we feel extremely lonely. That's how I felt. And I didn't think there was anybody else that could possibly understand me. A few years later, when I was 16, I watched a movie that forever changed my life. And that movie was The X-Men. The reason why it spoke to me so much is because the X-Men tell stories of these incredible mutants, these superheroes essentially, all of whom have some kind of a genetic mutation. Many of them use their trauma origin stories to 
understand other people and to help other people. And I realized in that moment when I was watching this film that I wasn't alone. I realized that there were a lot of people who also felt isolated in their own painful origin stories and felt alone. But it was actually the fact that those individuals went through that pain that allowed them to then find meaning and become the kind of superheroes that they did. So I realized that we all have an origin story, but then we decide how we want to proceed. Do we become Charles Xavier or do we become Magneto? Or do we become somebody that just chooses to suppress it and walk away from it? And I realized that I wanted to use stories like the X-Men to help other people better understand their own traumatic experiences, to help them realize that they're not alone, to help them realize that they can use their experiences to create what's called post-traumatic growth, to create positive meaning and growth from that story, and also to perhaps become empowered to help other people. And years later, this is where superhero therapy originated. This is how it was formed in incorporating these kinds of examples to help people learn about themselves. You were bringing up superhero therapy and you just released a new book, Therapy Quest. Can you tell us a little bit about Therapy Quest? Sure. Therapy Quest is kind of like a choose your own adventure book. It's actually my first, essentially a fiction book and I was really excited to write it. So in this book, you, the reader, are the leading character. So that means that the protagonist of this book is your gender, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, your cultural background. It is you with all of your experiences and with your name. It can only be you. You're the only one that can stop the world from ending. You are the chosen one and you're the chosen one to stop an evil villain from destroying the world. There's only one problem. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and so you will have to figure out what to do through series of different choices. For example, do I fight this monster or do I run away from this monster? Every time you make a decision, your adventure changes. So for example, you'll be invited to flip to one page if you make one choice and flip to another page if you make a different choice. You will also meet different kinds of characters along the way. For example, like an ogre with OCD and a vampire with an eating disorder. <laughs> and you will have to learn not only how to help yourself, but also how to help your friends and how to support your friends through their own struggles. Every time you make a choice, not only does your adventure change, but you also learn a mental health skill, like a mindfulness potion or a self-compassion spell, for example. You will need to collect all of these spells and potions at the end to help you fight the evil villain. If you don't have enough of these spells and potions, you might not be able to win. So you're going to have to choose carefully. And the way that these characters are written, the way that the companions are written, are meant to help the reader to create a sense of empathy and understanding and, and education toward different kinds of mental health disorders and also how to support individuals who might be going through these difficulties. This is such a creative and unique book. How did this come about and what is your writing process? Thank you. Actually, I have 
this amazing editor that I work with at Little Brown. His name is Andrew McClear, and he thought it might be really cool if we worked on this kind of format together. I thought it was a terrific idea, and so I didn't know exactly how it would work. I'd never written anything like this before, but I really wanted to try it. And so I have this big whiteboard on my wall, and so I took many different markers of many different colors and I created this board where if the reader made one choice, then their adventure would go one way. If they made a different choice, then their adventure would go somewhere else. If they made the first choice and then they made a different choice, then the adventure would go somewhere else. And so it was a really mm -hmm. comprehensive whiteboard with many different colors. And I wanted to make sure that the story worked in many different directions, regardless of what the reader had decided to do. And of course, some choices advance the story and some choices can set the reader back. Mm -hmm. And that was intentional. But I wanted to make sure that all the choices worked the way that they were intended to work. There was a lot of math involved mm -hmm. and a lot of plotting and planning. And I actually wrote the book as a part of NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo, whichever way you pronounce it, National Novel Writing Month. And the challenge for the National Novel Writing Month is that throughout the month of November, you have to write the entire novel. So I actually spent three months preparing, outlining the chapters and getting to know the characters and creating the arc. I'm someone that plots and plans a lot when I write my books. And then I spent the entire month of November writing a lot of writing. And I was able to finish my first draft by the end of November. And then I spent several months editing it. And then my editor helped me to edit it as well, as well as um, some friends and colleagues too. This is something that is really meaningful to me because as I mentioned, it's my first work of fiction that also blends mental health components in it. So it's something that I was really excited to put together. And I hope that this is something that folks will enjoy. What are your hopes for this book? I'm hoping that this book will help the reader to understand that you are the biggest hero of your own journey, that you are the chosen one. And it is you. It has to be you. You already possess the kind of superpower that is necessary for the very quest that you've been offered. I'm hoping that the reader will come to realize that maybe some of the things that they might have been afraid to tell somebody else are actually the most powerful, the most endearing things about them, and perhaps the source of their greatest strength. And so I'm hoping to empower the reader and allow them to love themselves as much as I know other people love them too. What I personally loved in this book was that you actually wrote a song in it. And I love the lyrics so much that I took it and my brother and I collaborated on an actual song with your lyrics and everything. And I want to share that with everybody.
Now that we had a chance to hear this song, would you like to do a brief reading for the audience? Sure. So here are the first few pages of Therapy Quest, and here will be your opportunity to make your first choice along this journey. It was the Tuesday before the end of the world. Although to be honest, it started out as a perfectly boring Tuesday until they showed up. You yawn repeatedly as the sound of the rain gently taps on the glass of your window. The alarm clock goes off for the sixth time and you turn it off with a groan. One tired foot on the floor and then the other. You stayed up until 3 a.m. last night replaying yesterday's conversation with your friend Lisa in your head. You asked her how she felt about your presentation, and she paused for a moment, forming a letter O with her mouth before replying, Oh, you were fine. Fine? What in the world did that mean? 
Okay, sure, you stumbled a few times, but that didn't mean that your presentation sucked. Or did it? It did. You know it did. The more you thought about it, the worse the presentation seemed to you in retrospect. After all, Lisa yawned not once, but two times during it, and your friend Matt checked his watch several times. And you didn't answer that one question exactly as you wanted to, as you know you should have. Yep, you completely messed it up. Like you always do. You yawn once more. This isn't the first time you were up all night because your mind insisted on pointing out all the things you did wrong the day, the week, the year before. You stand up. Then, as the thoughts about the presentation return to your mind, some habitual sensations settle in. Your heart starts beating fast. Your hands and neck are sweating. You've been through this before. Sometimes people tell you to calm down, to get over it, as if you're doing this by choice. They don't understand the loss of control that happens when your emotions become too strong. They don't understand what it's like for you to appear functional while you're battling your demons every single day. You sigh and get ready for another fight, looking for ways to distract yourself until it passes. But this time, the familiar feeling of doom is somehow stronger. It feels darker. You take in a breath, hoping to calm down, only to then suddenly and violently cough. It feels as if you're breathing ash. Chill. Sorry. Just say your ash again. It feels as if you're breathing ash. Chills spread all over your body. Your vision blurs. Something's really wrong this time. Your stomach is sick as if you just gotten off the world's fastest roller coaster. Is this the day you're actually going to lose your mind? Your life? Is this a heart attack? You reach for your phone to call an ambulance, but it blocks you with a message announcing, almost with a sneer, that it's in the middle of an update. When it restarts moments later, your passcode is not recognized. Several attempts later, you are now locked out of your phone. Shaking and breathing heavily, you try to call out for help, but no sound comes out. You can't even swear. There's a hiss above your bed. It's dark, but it looks like there's a small hole in the ceiling and something is seeping through it. Oil? No. A dark, thick mist. You watch, holding your breath in horror as the mist forms into a shape of a dark skeleton enveloped in black smoke. You try to shout, what are you? But your voice still won't come. The mist creature circles around you, engulfing you in its darkness as it hisses, sounding as if the words are projected directly into your brain. I know you. I see you. You're a failure. A loser. The words feel like cold hands pressing against your head, squeezing your mind. You close your eyes, but the monster appears to be even bigger in your mind now. You open your eyes again and see the monster is still there and sprint out of the room. You race down the hallway and toward the front door only to see a second monster already there blocking your exit. 
You quickly turn into the kitchen, hearing the two dark mist creatures hiss as they chase after you. Quickly, you grab a knife from the counter, the largest one you can find. The creatures loom over you and acting on instinct, you stab them with two quick motions, one and then the other. The creatures stop their hissing and dissolve onto the floor. The mist now replaced by two twin piles of ash. <sighs> you sigh and lean against the counter in relief. What were those things? The ashes move and whirl around, and there's that hissing noise again. You curse under your breath as now instead of two, four mist creatures rise before you. As a chorus, they all loudly hiss into your mind, nobody loves you. Nobody will ever love you. You will die alone. You're a failure, a loser. You hack and slash and jab and stab, and once more the creatures lose their forms and ash as, and lose their forms and fall as ash, only to rise again moments later. Once more they've doubled, their voices louder and louder, their words hitting your body harder than before. Your heart is heavy. Your stomach feels as if it's been repeatedly kicked. You've surrounded. You're surrounded and desperately make another series of attacks, earning moments of short-term relief before the monsters multiply and grow even louder, their voices causing the dark thoughts to encircle you. After forcing them to become ash again, you kneel on the floor exhausted and quickly consider your options. When you try to run, they block you or follow you. Destroy them and they multiply. They haven't actually attacked, even when they've had you surrounded. Maybe, maybe all they have is words and mist. And maybe if you stand up to them, maybe they won't attack and you can find another option. Or maybe they're teasing and will kill you the moment you let your guard down. So here are your choices. You can choose to face the monsters. Or you can choose to keep stabbing the monsters. If you were to be reading this book, if you chose to face the monsters, you would proceed to page 89. Or if you chose to keep stabbing the monsters, you would proceed to page 51. The choice is yours. Enjoy your quest. That's fantastic. I'm just so very proud of you. This book is amazing and it's a really unique and fun way to approach these mental health discussions. So where can our audience find this book? Therapy Quest is available in all major stores and it should be available in your local bookstores and libraries. And I'm always a big proponent of supporting independent bookstores and libraries. So feel free to check in with your neighborhood bookstores and libraries. And if they don't have them, feel free to request them. Because if you're interested in this book, chances are somebody else might be too. And I imagine that if it's available in your library, then you and other people can read this book for free. Let's go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Gina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill. And feel free to send us any questions or comments about this episode. 
If you'd like, feel free to use hashtag TherapyQuest. We're going to be selecting one person over the next month to win a free signed copy of TherapyQuest. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Have a great day.